Hello everyone, this is Brittany Hill and you're tuning in to Six Feet Apart, where I'm chatting with people in my network while we all have a little bit of extra time on our hands at home. We will cover who they are, how the coronavirus is affecting their network, tips they have for staying sane during this time of chaos, and so much more. Thanks for listening. Hello everyone, welcome back. I'm excited to be here with Megan Sherman. Megan, welcome. Oh, thanks, Britt. I'm so excited we're finally getting to do this. I know we've been postponing a little bit, but I'm um, so thrilled to chat with you on this today. Me too. And we're actually, we're here on June 7th and it feels strange because when we planned this conversation, we knew kind of the direction that it was going to go in. And I feel like even within this last week, the state of the world has changed so much and so I think that it's probably going to go in a lot of different directions that we didn't even necessarily plan for. But I'm really excited to get your perspective on not only you know what you do and how you've been um, affected by the coronavirus, but also just about everything, again, that's kind of going on in our communities right now. So Agreed. we will go ahead and just get right into it. Um, as you know, I always like to start out just by talking about how we know each other. So what would you say for that? Yeah, so we met at my first job out of college, your second job yes. after Pier Vida, <laughs> um, at the beautiful tech systems in Walnut Creek, um, yeah. where we were doing tech recruiting. And uh, some of my favorite compliments I ever received was, oh my God, you're the blonde version of Brittany, <laughs> or you guys are the same person. Yes. Oh my <laughs> so, gosh. Um, you are definitely a kindred sister in spirit for sure. So. 100%. I, I do remember Sarah Wilson, or no, Sarah Malden now. Um, <laughs> she told us that from the very beginning when you got hired, that like, oh my gosh, you're going to love her so much. You guys are so similar. And I feel like we found that out so soon after. And both of us have now been out of working at Tech Systems for what, like at least... Six, wow. six or seven, seven years. years. Yeah. And now um, you're in my wedding. And so it's just, <laughs> it clearly um, was such a strong foundation to our friendship. And I will forever be grateful to Tech Systems for that. Um, Me too. And so now you have transitioned your career um, quite a bit since then. And now you are just a woman in charge. So why don't you get into <laughs> a little bit about what you do currently? Sure. So I guess just in terms of my progression, I've uh, stayed within the human resources realm. So I've made my way out of recruiting, though, and am now a strategy and operations program manager within the HR department or people operations, as we call it, uh, at Google. And so um, more specifically, my role has been focused on um, within the benefit space. So um, if you think about like our health or financial benefits, things like that, um, mm -hmm. I'm helping to drive the strategy and operations behind that. Mm -hmm. And so if you can imagine in terms of the coronavirus, um, it's taken a huge toll on our team, uh, just in terms of supporting Googlers and their families around the globe. And uh, naturally, the work that the benefits team does was being impacted so heavily by coronavirus that we naturally became the leaders mm -hmm. internally of essentially program managing the coronavirus response So uh, within Google. So when uh, COVID-19 started to hit, our team in APAC started to get hit and inundated quite a bit. Um, and so they were very quickly underwater. And so we were trying to support them from afar, um, being in the Bay Area. However, once we started to realize that the virus was spreading beyond Asia Pacific and into Europe at the time, 
it, and it was becoming a true global issue, that's when I stepped in to essentially program manage our crisis response internally at Google. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was very specific to people operations, but we were working very closely with our colleagues on kind of the real estate and um, workplace services side of things, as well as our security teams and uh, just making sure and our occupational health teams to make sure that we were supporting Googlers uh, in a very timely way. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a little bit about how my role has been impacted by coronavirus. Um, But yeah, so just more specifically in terms of my specific role um, as far as the response to the crisis, but it was really around major people decisions that needed to be made Mm -hmm. um, in order to keep employees and their families safe and healthy. So Wow. That is, (laughs) I mean... I remember at the beginning of all of this, like at the end of March, you and I were talking and it was when a lot of people were kind of figuring out their work from home situation and realizing like, oh, I have a lot less work actually being at home. And for you, your work was ramped up so much and you were working around the clock because like you said, this is with your specific role, you were directly affected by all of this. And you are the person literally within Google, which is such a huge company of making sure everybody was getting what they needed. And so that, I mean, is just hats off to you because I know you you and your team. um, Yeah. Because that is truly like people's livelihood and benefits and all that. So with that being said, did Google have to do a lot of furloughs, layoffs, things like that? Oh, no, no. Okay, we have not had so. any sort of furloughs or layoffs or anything like that. So, which I'm super grateful for. And of course, Google being, um, you know, being a multinational company, we're not immune to what's happening yeah. uh, financially and um, in the economy. So, um, but I'm very grateful that we have not had to um, go down that path at this point. Yeah. And also with that, I mean, because they haven't been impacted yet, like you said, doesn't mean that they won't. Do you foresee any big changes happening within the company? And I know that you don't necessarily have the specific foresight to be able to say that, but, you know, just from your own experience and the knowledge that you do have, um, because I know I'm sure a lot of people already got to work from home and do some of the things that a lot of companies are going toward, but Within Google or even any other big companies like that, big tech companies, do you foresee changes? Absolutely. Um, And so as you probably have seen in the news recently, Twitter and Facebook have both come out and announced that they will allow employees to work remotely Mm -hmm. 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. Twitter specifically is going that route. And I I think there's a lot of um, kind of interesting downstream effects of that. Um, But I I think it could also be a huge cost saving metric in terms of you have less real estate costs. Definitely. I think things are going to look very different um, as we move forward in particular in the tech community. Um, As you probably saw in the news, uh, both Twitter and Facebook have come out and said that they'll allow their employees to work remotely um, a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. I do think there are some interesting downstream implications of that. Um, Some positives, some maybe not as positive, but on the positive side, being from a financial standpoint in terms of cost savings on real estate and things like that in the long term, or if you think about the food and gym and things like that, um, it's an interesting way to to think about work moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, there's the potential of missing that in-person collaboration and mm-hmm. um, innovation that Google doesn't want to lose. And yeah. so as it pertains to Google, we're thinking through this 
um, in a, in a lot of detail and we're doing a census internally at Google to just oh, get a status quo of, Hey, Googlers, like, how do you, how and where do you feel most productive? Mm -hmm. um, if that is at home, then sure. Yeah. We'd be happy to increase our flexibility policy and let folks work from home more regularly um, versus ad hoc, which is what it is right now. Right. Um, but we don't want to make any rash. That's kind of a strong word, but we don't want to make any sudden decisions that are going to impact the way we work for the long haul. We want these decisions to be made for the long haul. So mm -hmm. I would anticipate us making these decisions over the next six months or so. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for the most part of what it will likely end up being is more of a hybrid model. So yeah. still providing employees the opportunity to go into the office and have that Google experience um, <laughs> versus working purely from home because for a lot of folks, that's not where they're most productive. Definitely. So. Yeah. So with the hybrid model, we're actually thinking about doing the same thing for schools. And I feel like, with that, a lot of um, conversation and dialogue has to happen about what does that hybrid model actually look like? Is it designated days where everyone's expected to be there? But then at the same time, there's challenges with that because the whole point is to have less people on these sites at the same time. And so I appreciate that you said, you know, it is it is a long term decision that probably shouldn't be made over the span of a week. Um, and it's just crazy how much goes into this and how much of the world is still, the, the world truly will never be the same after this. And it is absolutely crazy knowing that this is the cause, that it's from a virus. Like it just, it yeah. still blows my mind talking about it this way. Me too. I know it's, it's really intense. And for us, just in terms of how we plan to get folks back into the office, um, we're really prioritizing those who cannot actually do their job without being in an office. Totally. So we think about our hardware team. So the teams who need to be in labs or doing their soldering or anything yeah. like that, like they need to be in a lab environment. Mm -hmm. And so we need to get them back on site as soon as possible. So we're definitely looking at prioritizing people based on their job functionality and getting them back in first. Yeah. And, and we'll just kind of take a staggered approach as, mm -hmm. as long as we can, but for the most part, yeah, we're planning for the long haul of working from home for quite some time yeah. until things start to get somewhat back to mm -hmm. normal and finding a vaccine or whatever that looks like. Yeah, so, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Do you feel like um, when this did, when this all first started to happen, like, was there a lot of stress? What did that look like even getting this initiative off the ground for you? Oh my goodness. That's such a good question. Um, it was so intense, Britt. So they, uh, again, our colleagues in APAC mm -hmm. had basically stood up a crisis response team internally okay. in under 24 hours across wow. Google. And so we put up incident response teams is what they're called. And okay. so you have folks from across all aspects of Google and even outside of Google communicating with government officials or, um, communicating with, uh, virus experts and things like that of, Hey, what does this look like? Or mm -hmm. pandemic experts. And so, uh, we fortunately being Google have access to really amazing resources and people, um, in terms of rallying around this. But yeah, when, when it did start to expand more globally outside of APAC and I was pulled in, we needed to find a way to get our leadership involved in a sense of making decisions daily in a very methodical and thoughtful way. Yes. And so we had 
meetings in the morning mm -hmm. um, early to be able to connect with our colleagues in Europe and EMEA. Mm -hmm. And then we had late meetings in the evening to connect with our colleagues in APAC. And then in the middle of that day, we had meetings with leadership mm -hmm. where we're pulling that information from both EMEA and APAC. Hey, what are we hearing on the ground? What are the major decisions that need to be made today? Yeah. And being able to make those decisions every 24 hours, essentially. And so some of those decisions were as serious as when are we shutting down a given office? Mm -hmm. And it sounds kind of like a trivial um, decision to be made, no. but at the same time, it's we knew that being Google, the second you shut down an office, that entire region is going to be impacted in the sense of, or really that entire industry is going to be impacted. If we mm -hmm. think about other offices in San Francisco, they would follow suit. So, Absolutely. Um, so it is kind of intense. And then other decisions that we're making on a rapid basis are things like shutting down business travel. Yeah. Um, that was a huge decision for us. And yeah. also helping stranded Googlers get back to their home countries. Mm -hmm. That happened quite a bit. If you think about folks being on travel for personal or work, mm -hmm. um, we had a few that were stranded in China and in specific in Wuhan. So mm -hmm. Super intense, but we were able to get everyone safely back. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, these kinds of decisions were being made yeah. daily at the minimum, if mm -hmm. not hourly in yeah. some cases. I love the way, though, that you keep referring to it as Googlers and the Googly experience. Like All of those <laughs> things are clearly like truly a huge mission for the company. And um, Google is obviously so influential in our everyday lives. And it, it does, I think, set the tone for a lot of what other companies do and, and follow suit. And so knowing that you guys, as big as the company is, prioritize um, the employees and put people first, it, it sounds like you really do uphold those values and that mission. And that's just really cool to hear from within, you know? That's awesome, Brynn. I'm glad it's coming across that way because <laughs> I feel so lucky to work for a company that's gotten this massive, but yeah. still of that feel of taking care of the employees. So yeah, I feel lucky to be on the team that does that too. Yeah. Well, you're a good representative for them, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, and lastly with that, uh, do you feel like, I mean, we're getting into month three now of the shelter in place. So do you feel like things have calmed down a little bit within your role? Definitely. And, and we actually decided to stand up a crisis management office within people operations at mm. Google. And so I've been helping to interview for the candidates for that. But ultimately, I want to go back to my day job within the benefits team because it's um, it's just a, an area that I really enjoy and feel like I'm growing in. Yeah. Um, and so, but it, it is good to know that we're standing this up because crisis is not going away, unfortunately. Right. And, and this was really eye-opening for us that we need to have that support internally at Google. And so aside from supporting, you know, this pandemic and, mm -hmm. and making sure Googlers are supported through this, I mean, as you can imagine, everything going on yeah. on the um, racism front and making sure that we're supporting Googlers and their families um, mm -hmm. in a way that they need to be supported emotionally, mentally, physically, feeling safe. Yeah. Need to be able to provide that as well. So, and we're definitely going for the long haul on that. <laughs> yeah. On that note, actually, um, is there like a specific team? Because even in my own email inboxes, you know, I've noticed how 
companies, anything from the yoga studios that I go to, to the restaurants that I, you know, are in my inbox, things like that. I'm getting emails talking about the response that some of these companies are having to what's going on right now. And so is there like a specific team within Google or within some of these bigger companies that are there to address issues like this and have this communication or does it arise out of, you know, need, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So for us, as far as internal employee support, we absolutely have a dedicated team for this. And so there are our employee engagement team and they really look after our employee resource groups. And so one of those being the Black Googler Network. So that's their particular community. But we have communities for um, really all major groups, if you will, or like marginalized communities. So um, yes, we do already have that set up in place. So that way employees feel safe and connected and have the proper resources. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, so that's set up internally. As far as externally, we also leverage our google.org arm, which is our our philanthropic arm. And so, um, yeah, so it's interesting. Google will match donations of Googlers um, to different NGOs or nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And so they'll, um, which is really powerful. So one employee as myself, if I were, I could raise up to 10 K for a given nonprofit or NGO and Google would match that. So right now there's a major effort internally of Googlers reaching out to even their personal networks and saying, Hey, do Venmo me or whatever it is. I will absolutely put this in. So you get twice the the impact. So, so I think we have the philanthropic arm externally and then internally, we definitely have employee resource groups, um, to be able to support everyone. So, I mean, and then the, the last piece would just be our, leadership team, like Sundar is very invested in this, which mm-hmm. is um, really endearing and, and heartening to see. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I've seen that with a lot of companies. I know I've seen friends post about that with like Workday and yeah. um, just some other, you know, companies that are doing the same as far as matching donations. And I just think that that's such, when we think about what can each of us do personally, it's, small in comparison to what some of these kind of bigger entities have the power to do. So actually seeing companies like that step up and and prioritize this is, you know, it's, it's amazing. Okay. So transitioning a little bit, what has your day in the life looked like outside of just work? Yeah, definitely. So during the week, I mean, it is very work centric, but wake up in the morning, let the puppies out, Mm. kind of like that a bit. Um, for those of you who don't know, I got two puppies, or Jake and I got two puppies at the beginning of March, so they've totally been our saving grace. That's perfect timing to welcome Rusty and Ruby to the fam. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So yeah, I usually spend a little time with them in the morning, make some coffee, and then most of the day is filled with meetings uh, just over video conference for work, mm-hmm. um, but usually try to make sure that I get outside for lunchtime, so mm. Typically, if Jake and I have don't have meetings at that time around lunch, we'll go eat lunch outside in our backyard, which is really nice. Um, just kind of get some fresh air and sunshine. And then uh, usually in the evenings, we try to take them for some exercise. So whether that's to our local park, um, there's kind of like a, an abandoned soccer field that we can take them oh, running at. Perfect. <laughs> Um, otherwise we take them on our hiking trail behind our house. So, um, that's been just a huge positivity boost for our day, just hanging with them. 
yeah, and then usually just wind down and have like a pretty low key evening watching Netflix or something like that. So that's kind of what weekdays look like. And then the weekend is again more puppy filled, but then also working on things like house projects and um FaceTiming friends and family daily and things like that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You guys are seriously such a handy couple. I think that Jake has <laughs> shout out to Jake because he's definitely brought out that side of you <laughs> that maybe was a little bit buried before. <laughs> it was always there. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt here, okay? Just go with it. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I don't think I even knew how to properly use a hammer or a shovel before meeting Jake. So you're right. Kudos to Jake. <laughs> yes. So you guys, I mean, you've made a beautiful table. Absolutely yeah. love the pictures that you've put up of that. Um, I know that you guys have a yard that you've been working on a lot. So mm-hmm. I think it's such great timing because I think that you guys kind of always prioritized um, house renovations, but now you yeah. get to really put energy into it. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, just the fact that we're spending basically 24 seven at home. Yeah. Um, you start to notice things that like bug you a bit. Yes. <laughs> more motivation. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And then, um, what about, so talking a little bit about your fears during this time, and this can be, you know, having to do with the coronavirus, having to do with race, having to do with protesting, whatever it might be that's on your mind right now, feel free to speak freely about it. Yeah. So. I actually saw someone do kind of a testimonial video on social media recently. And um, he was just calling out pretty much everything that I was feeling Mm -hmm. internally. So I thought that was really helpful. So I can share a little bit about what his message was, Mm -hmm. but he was just calling it a perfect storm. And Mm -hmm. it really resonated with me just in everything that's been going on lately. Uh, We as a human race have been essentially hold up in our homes for months Mm -hmm. at this point due Mm -hmm. to the coronavirus and that coupled with the recent racism and police brutality I just feel this sense of humanity just you know releasing Mm -hmm. all those pent-up emotions that have not only been built up through remaining in shelter in place but just hundreds of years of this history just Mm -hmm. finally coming to fruition of releasing the emotion uh, Mm -hmm. behind it. So Mm -hmm. I think we're in the midst of it. So as far as the fears that I had Mm -hmm. um, prior to everything that's happened most recently with Brianna, Ahmad, and George, it's I felt like that was building before. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the coronavirus has really heightened that just kind of issues in terms of struggling in terms of mental health or not having those usual social interactions that you have. And that for me as an extrovert, that's challenging. So I think that there's just been a lot of buildup around it, but I'm curious. Yeah. Sorry that I'm rambling a little bit on that, but what about you? Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think that I would love to watch the video that you're talking about. And I think that even as of the last week, whatever fears we might've had, whether it's, you know, my fear is that shelter in place is going to happen another month. My fear is that my wedding isn't going to happen in a week. Like all of that goes to the wayside because at least for me, I feel like things have been 
awoken in me that I was never, I was not allowing myself to look in the eyes and realize all of these truly racist things that were a part of who I was. And that's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's shameful, truly to, to say those words out loud and knowing that so much of it is just societal and things that we as white people don't have to think about in our day to day. The things that have resonated with me the most that I've seen on social media are the things that, you know, bring to light that it's, we have a choice of when we want to engage in these conversations and, and when we don't. And I was actively making a choice to not engage in these conversations. And now I'm actively making a choice to engage. And the reason that that's shameful is because nothing has changed for black people. Things are just changing for white people. And so by, yes, it's great that so many of us are now being awoken to this, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't happening before. And yes, it's a step in the right direction, but it's a reminder that we have so much work to do. Yep. I totally agree, Britt. And it's definitely been eye-opening when you see some some of the videos and different things that are surfacing out there. Um, it's really challenging to watch some of the most recent ones that people have posted as far as like additional police brutality um, to peaceful protesters that those videos have just completely shattered my heart. But what gives me hope are the good ones that you see of the police officers hugging totally black and white people on the front lines of these protests and marching with them. And those are, those are the bits and pieces of humanity that give me hope. Um, so I try to focus on those because yeah. I feel like right now, it just in terms of like through shelter in place and quarantine and then as you know, my grandma passing away last yeah. week, like I really need to focus on positive things. And totally. so I understand, like, I definitely want to be a part of the conversation and I want to be a part of the solution to the best of my abilities. And yeah. I think for me, that's trying to shine a light to other people of mm-hmm. where good is happening too, um, as it pertains to addressing racism. Yeah. So that's, that's beautiful. I love that. And then that, well, and that reminds me too of, and sometimes I question this of like, the things that I'm regurgitating are things that I'm seeing. And I guess there's really no other way because I'm not at the point of like having the, the, the knowledge to almost form my own. Yeah. You know, so that I am, I feel like what I'm, the things that I'm bringing to the table are like, I saw this or I read that. And, but that's really, I guess, all that I can provide at this point while I'm learn while I am still learning so much. And so what you just said is that it reminds me of something I saw about how everyone, you know, has their own lane and their own things that they are providing. And it doesn't have to look the same as other, as what other people are doing to show their support and to work on themselves. And so I think what you said about, you know, this is how you're choosing to show up and this is what you're choosing to provide. I think that that's really beautiful because that's going to resonate with some people and, and it won't resonate with others. Just like what I choose to talk about and share isn't going to resonate with everybody, but 
you know, if it can positively influence one person, I think that that's helpful in itself, you know? Yeah. Okay. So you already kind of mentioned that you're kind of choosing to see some, some positives in all of this. Is there anything specific that you want to touch on? Yeah. Um, I guess I, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but my, yeah, my grandma passed away last week. And what's interesting is when you and I were originally planning to have this conversation, like two or so weeks ago, mm-hmm. I had thought about my answer to this question. And what's interesting about what I wrote is that I've been really excited about the fact that I've been able to connect more with my grandparents, because mm-hmm. I know that through COVID, it's it's been a really scary time for them just because they're so vulnerable. The, you know, both our parents' generation and our grandparents are much more, more vulnerable than we are. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I've just really valued those conversations and even more so now with, with my grandma's passing, like I was FaceTiming her almost every day up until she passed. And so I think for me, just having that time with her, even though it was virtual and not in person, I'm, I'm really valuing just, building on relationships because I think you kind of get rid of the fluff when you're just having these conversations and Mm -hmm. um, focused on what's really important versus some of the other trivial things that, you know, we get, we distract ourselves with in normal day-to-day life. (laughs) Totally. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm so, so sorry about your grandma. And I mean, hearing your perspective, though, I'm happy to hear that you were able to have that time with her. And those are the memories that you're going to be able to think back on and um, yeah. know that she knows you were there with her, you know, through through all of this until the end. So yeah. obviously that doesn't make it any easier, but I'm just so sorry to hear that. It's okay. But yeah, definitely like a call to action for folks to check in on their grandparents yeah. and their parents as often as possible. Um, totally. We have such a unique opportunity because we do have a little bit of extra time on our hands mm-hmm. at home. So beautiful. that's been a, a huge positive that I've seen. <laughs> Absolutely. And finally, what are some tips that you have for people to stay sane? Not that you are probably sick. And I know you're going to say, well, I have not been the sanest. I bet you, because I know that's what I would say. However, what are some of the things that you've been doing to stay sane during this time? Yeah, I think the big one for me is just getting outside. So whether that's going for a walk or a run or a hike Mm -hmm. or a bike ride for those who are able, I'm not able. But no, but seriously getting outside mm-hmm. has been just, I, I noticed an immediate mood change once mm-hmm. I'm done exercising or whatever, just taking the dogs for a walk. So that's been a huge one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, which is interesting because I've kind of brought this up, but focusing on positive things mm-hmm. have been really helpful to mm-hmm. me. So whether that be positive stories that you hear in the media or positive things that are happening for you at work or in your personal life or in your friends' lives, just focusing on those things because I think it's so easy to get pulled the other direction. Um, and in a time where we're cooped up and things like that, it's, it's, it is really important to focus on that. So I would say focusing and keeping an eye out for the positive things and sharing those positive things with other people that need to hear them. Definitely. Yeah. And then, 
the last one I already said. So <laughs> I was going to say, call your grandparents. Oh my God. Well, look at, I mean, it's showing that these are the things that you obviously have been prioritizing and that they've helped you. And it's appearing throughout our conversation because obviously it is important to you. So I think that that yeah. makes sense that it's all already come up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those are my, my few tips, but what about you? What are your tips for me? Oh my gosh. Um, I, again, I, I feel like in these last few weeks, my mindset has changed so much that the things that were keeping me sane before are not, I don't know. It's, I'm in a, I'm just in a, a very unique mindset right now and just very different than it has been. And even week to week though, it, my mind has changed so much about where I'm at mentally. Um, in this very moment, I do think that also getting outside helps anytime I am outdoors. I just notice my mood shift so much and that my mind stops and all of the thoughts and I'm able to be so much more present. Um, And on that same note too, like moving my body, whether it is outdoors or if it's working out, right? I try to work out in the mornings um, and I just do pretty quick workouts, like 30 minutes or less just to get my day started. And when I need it, I try to do yoga at least twice a week, not for the physical practice, but just more of the mental like space of reminding myself that those are the things that have always helped me. And so through this crazy time, it's even more important to, to like not forget that those are the things that have always helped. So don't let that go to the wayside, you know? Yeah. And it's a reminder of that every time I get on my mat. So yoga is, has been huge just this morning. I did it. Um, and then, uh, what else am I doing to stay sane? I think that when I connect with other people, so on your note of you know, talking to your grandparents. Mine is the same of like, whether it's in person being on, I've gone on some hikes with other people and I have social distance in backyards and having these podcast conversations or FaceTime conversations, like it has been really, really helpful for me um, to not feel so isolated and just prioritizing. Like I have to be in the, I kind of have to be in the right mindset to be able to converse with other people. But I know that every time I do, it puts me in a better mindset and a better mood. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been really helpful. And then honestly, in this very moment, what's been helpful is being able to engage and disengage um, with my, with just news, news outlets in general. So whether, and I feel like it, that's almost a controversial statement because what we said earlier about it's a privilege to not be thinking about racism all the time, like black people have to do, but just because I'm not posting about it for me personally, doesn't mean that I'm not thinking about it and doesn't mean that I'm not in those moments when I'm not on social media, that I'm, I'm reading a book about racism, you know? And so I think that not being on social media every second of the day has actually been just really helpful for me personally. Um, But again, I know that that's super controversial because I think that a lot of people right now see that as the way to get your voice heard and to show support. And I totally get that too, you know? 
So yeah, just yeah, I hear you on that piece. Yeah. But I, I do think, Britt, that you're doing your part and what you can do. And I feel like I'm doing that as well. And yeah. I feel like as long as you know that in your heart of hearts. Totally. That's, that's a really good person. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I needed to hear that. <laughs> you <laughs> would be the one to turn the tables on me and get my perspective <laughs> on all of this as well. That's why I love you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I'm just, I'm so happy. I love that we are able to, you know, like you said earlier, get through the fluff and hat. We have always been able to have these real conversations. And yeah. I think that's what makes our friendship so strong. And I just am so grateful to have you in my life. I love you so much, Brad. Thanks you. for having me. Thanks. <laughs> that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. This is your daily reminder that even though we have to stay six feet apart, there's no better time to stay connected. So go text someone you love and let them know that you're thinking of them. I know I'm going to. Bye.